Blog Talk Radio. Stephen B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
Good evening. We have around the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and just listen to the live show there. Just look to the top left uh, side of the website, and you'll see that live uh, title there at the top. And just click on that live, and you'll see all of the live shows that are being aired on Blog Talk Radio. And you'll see my picture there on page three for this radio show. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or guests on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free you're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special edition that we air every fourth Tuesday of the month. We have my co-host, Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Living Stone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. So enjoy your listening experience. Enjoy the show. Terry, uh, Kelly, it's all yours. This is Terry Jackson, and you're listening to a talk with my sisters on What a Word from the Lord radio show. Thank you, Brother Stevie, and good evening, everyone. My name is Kelly, and you are listening to The Kelly Fletcher Show on CBB Media Productions, What a Word from the Lord radio show. I am your co-host, and as Brother Stevie uh, stated, I attend the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. Should you have any questions during tonight's show, please feel free to email um, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. My guest for tonight will be discussing the topic, parenting adult children. Now, this is a a really interesting uh, topic, and I look forward to learning what parenting an adult child looks like. So without further ado, let's meet our guest for tonight. Yvonne, can you please introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background, and then we'll go to Candace. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Yvonne Fitzgerald. Thank you for the invitation, Kelly, and thank you for um, bringing this topic uh, out for us to have this conversation. I'm Yvonne Fitzgerald. I am from Indianapolis, Indiana. I worship at the Kingsley Cares Church of Christ. I am a social worker by training at the master's level, and I, I do individual and family and group counseling. Uh, so I, my degree is from the Indiana University School of Social Work, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking just about parenting in general, but parenting adult children um, and, and sharing some of the things I've learned in working with individuals and families um, uh, as they have grown uh, individually and then grown 
as parents and then just sharing some words that might be helpful in this process. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. Candace, can you please introduce yourself? Candace? Is she muted, Brother Stevie? Okay, can no, you she... hear me now? Can you hear me yes, now? Ma'am. Yes, okay, ma'am. Okay, thank you. Hi, I am Candace Shelton. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I am a registered nurse by career. I am also a certified case manager and I am a health coach. So I'm excited to be talking about this subject. I'm a parent as well, and being able to share some information that I've learned and that my, young, uh, my three young adults have taught me uh, as a parent as well. So I look forward to the show this evening and ready to get started. Thank okay. you for the invitation. Thank you, and welcome back, Candice. Um, I know you have a have a lot of information to share on many topics, so I appreciate you being you both being here tonight. So um, to dive right in, uh, one question that I had while I was um, while we were waiting to to get on, I was thinking about uh, the the definition of parenting and what that looks like. So, Yvonne, can you um, maybe give us a definition of what parenting is? Yes, yes. Um, Well, I think the working definition I would start with is um, the activity or the process of bringing up a child. and helping them um, grow and develop uh, in multiple areas into adulthood. So helping a child uh, grow and develop physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, educationally, uh, taking a holistic approach at helping a child develop into an adult um, and a self-sufficient adult, uh, one that is independent of are able to function independently of their parents. So I think that is what parenting is and maybe what good parenting looks like um, uh, from the standpoint of helping a child develop into a self-sufficient, well-adjusted adult. Okay, and so based off of of that um, definition, Candice, it's interesting to me because the topic is parenting adult children, and you would think that that person or that adult or that child should already be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the role of the parent or when we look at this, what is the role of the parent to an adult child? And I'll direct this one to Candace. Okay. And... Um... You know, when I saw this topic, uh, a song popped up in my mind by Diana Ross. Um, There was a question, and she asked, do you know where you're going to? Do you like the Mm. things that life is showing you? 
where are you going to? Do you know? And um, as Sister Yvonne said, actually parenting begins before you have children, whether you have them by birth or whether you adopt them or however children come into your life. And the role as a parent then um, is to understand some basics. And one of those things is normal growth and development with children. And that is understanding um, the expectations you should have of children along the continuum of life. And if those are set in place, then what we're really looking at, and I'll have to look at our culture and Western culture, children are allowed to transition into adolescence and then adulthood. That doesn't happen in every culture, but in our culture it does. So mm-hmm. when I look at our the normal growth and development of young people, I think about that age group from 15 to about 21. In our society, we say children are grown or adults at the age of 18, uh, mm-hmm. up to the age of 21, and that is how some families operate. At the age of 18, children are let go on their own. But there's three points that I think about uh, in being a parent. One is to show love at all times. Model the behavior you want to see. Um, mm-hmm. And that's godlike love, um, that's loving them unconditionally. I have three children. None of them have the same personality. And mm-hmm. in looking at children, then, you have to learn what your child is like and then begin to model what you, in the direction that you see, they have been given some natural gifts and talents. Uh, a second point is listen and actively listen. Often if you hear children when they're younger, they're talking amongst themselves. You want to know what kind of information they've gathered and what they're doing with it. Um, And the third point is setting healthy boundaries. So when you're talking about um, role modeling or modeling what you want to see uh, as your young person transitions into the adulthood, they're going to practice some of the same habits and routines that the family has. And um, so I'll talk a little bit more about as we go forward, but in parenting them, yes, you have to set the stage and lay the foundation for how they will um, interact socially, who they are around, how their education, whether it's even an expectation that they continue their education past high school. So there are foundations that have to be talked about along the way. It's not that you just arrive at adulthood all of a sudden. Some, some, so seeds that have been planted get to germinate or grow as your young person is growing up. Thank you, Candice. Um, mm-hmm. Yvonne, would you like to elaborate? So uh, your original question was uh, what's the uh, would you restate your original uh, question? Yeah, uh, what is the role of a parent mm-hmm. um, to an adult child? And I'll just add mm-hmm. to that, and how does it differ than when the child is, is younger, say mm-hmm. 9, 10, 11, 12 years old? Uh, okay. Uh, so 
Um, I, I totally agree with uh, Candace and, and the three points that she brought out about, you know, loving unconditionally, modeling the behavior that you, you want to see in your young child or your young adult, and then actively listening, listening and then setting boundaries. I believe that that's something that happens uh, with younger children as well. Uh, Karen, uh, Candace mentioned um, uh, the developmental stages of uh, young young people as they grow and develop. And so we're parenting throughout our lifetimes as parents. Um, we have some key key milestones between zero and 18 that we're hoping to help a, a, a child meet uh, through effective parenting. So throughout the younger years, we are sometimes looking at, uh, especially in, in the very young years, we're looking at individuals who may be just a blank slate. And so we are introducing information. We're introducing activities, behaviors, and and, and helping the child learn about the environment and grow. And as they grow physically, we're, we're, they should also be growing emotionally. They should also be growing spiritually and, um, and, and, and academically as well. So there are various areas in which children will grow. Uh, we often pay attention to the physical growth and, uh, and may not pay as much attention to their emotional growth. But as Candace mentioned, uh, just modeling behavior and, and actively listening and setting healthy boundaries, those are, are tools and, and techniques that a parent should be demonstrating throughout um, the, the child's life. Uh, what differs, differs, though, as a child um, ages and matures, uh, the role of the parent in introducing those ideas and guiding and shaping behavior may change uh, just because of the level of maturity that hopefully that young person is developing on its own. So while a child is really young and, and highly dependent on a parent for all of their needs, as a child grows and progresses and matures, then we're hoping that they're gaining some independence uh, and there's some developmental milestones that will help them do that. And our parenting style will change a bit to allow the child to test the boundaries, to, to ex have experiences that help them grow and develop so that they can build their skills around in a variety of areas and hopefully become a self-sufficient adult later. Uh, so it changes the amount, the, how we parent uh, might change, uh, but our unconditional love should be the same throughout our parenting life. Uh, actively listening and modeling healthy and effective behaviors uh, should be something that continues throughout our lives as well. And as far as setting boundaries, the same is true. Uh, when a child is young, we may have more boundaries in place because uh, we, are, we may be more responsible for them, but as they become more responsible for themselves, those, those boundaries may change a little bit. And that's certainly something that is key in parenting an adult child um, versus parenting a child that's maybe zero to 18. Thank you, Yvonne, and because that kind of segues into my um, my next question. When when children become 18, 19, 20, and they're kind of getting out there on their own and, and taking responsibility for um, – their actions, and so they're they're learning. Um, but sometimes there may come a point when 
they continue to come to the parents um, for, let's just say, financial assistance. So when does it get to a point when you know your help is starting to, is enabling them instead of helping them? And how do you, um, what do you do to teach teach your child or your adult child, okay, we, we have to have a cutoff point? And I'll direct this one to Candace. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, again, I believe that financial wellness is what I'll call it actually has to be woven into one's lifestyle as a parent. It is true sometimes that um, parents don't discuss how, um, say, how much money they make. They don't discuss how money gets spent. So the child often is raised, uh, as my youngest daughter said to me one day, well, Mommy, can't we stop and get some ice cream? And I said, well, no, not this time. I said, I really don't have money for it. So she said, uh-huh, you have that card. Just go put it in the machine, and we can get money out. Because that magical thinking is what happens with finances if we actually don't have that discussion with our children. And to me, it should be education that's ongoing. You may stall start small with them about what money management it is and that money is actually a tool. It's not that you have lots of it or you can have too little of it, but it's what we do with an understanding that it is an ongoing process that needs to happen. Earning money, managing finances, generational wealth is often not discussed in families. So when your young person arrives at that 18 to 20 years, they still have that magical thinking. Aren't you going to hand me some money? There is, um, and I could not remember the name of this game, but um, I think his name is Chu or Chan, and he discusses about managing finances. So for families who do not discuss finances when children are growing up, what the parent is going to see then when that child reaches that 18- and 20-year-old age because that is also the time that young people may choose to go to college or move out on their own. So they're making adult decisions but with a mentality still of a child, if that makes sense. So if we help our young people by teaching them or giving them these tools all along the way, they won't come to that 18 or 20-year-old age thinking still, my parents going to bail me out if I make this poor decision. One of the things that Yvonne talked about is learning to be um, sufficient on your own. And that goes back to being responsible and knowing that decisions that our young adults will be making will have consequences now but also later in their lives. I encourage my young people as they were reaching that age, we talked about debt. You know, no, you're not going to get a credit card while you're in college. No, you're not going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and if you don't address that along the way, then they will not have an understanding of finances. 
So it's sort of um, I've had friends tell me and share with me, well, you know, my child's going to be 18 next year. I'll be glad when they can get out of my house. It's like, oh, wow. (laughs) Have you prepared them to really deal with all of the adult continuum of life? Because finance, financial wellness is a lifestyle and it's an ongoing um, element to deal or task be able to manage along the way. So it depends on how we've raised our young people. Then now they've become this age of the 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, uh, ready to leave home. Are they really prepared? And I'll have to say it's never too late to work with them. If we were a parent who just kind of freely gave money or just paid for everything, there was never any expectations of young people uh, from doing chores around the house. And as Yvonne was expounding on, you increase their boundaries, but increasing their boundaries means also more responsibility. And now you bring into it accountability as we're raising them. And it's never too late if they've not learned those, those tools to introduce it to them so they can understand this is not magic. Uh, my dad used to have an old saying, money doesn't grow on trees. But we can begin to introduce the ideas of uh, finances and managing it so that they don't run headlong into the problems of debt and the things that take away from them so they never become self sufficient. Um, so that's what I have to say for right now. Okay. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And just, I didn't say this at the beginning, but um, there is no time limit on the responses. So if, since uh, Candace uh, was done speaking, Yvonne, please feel free to just jump in mm-hmm. and share any information or knowledge that, that you want to uh, share with us. Thank you for that. I really, I do want to add to <laughs> add something yeah, to sure. Go right uh, ahead. What, something uh, Candace mentioned because I have a young adult as well, and I Candace was making me remember when she was in college, and I said, "No, don't get the credit card. No, don't take out that loan." But she did it anyway, uh, mm-hmm. and so and I think that is something that does happen as well as parents. We can provide the information. We can model. Um, good practices with our finances, among other things, and then our children will make um, their own decision. And so going back to this question about helping versus enabling, I think the difference is if my um, child or young adult is not able to do something and I step in to assist, then I'm helping. If my uh, my child or young adult is able to do something for themselves or should be able to do something for themselves, then I have to then think about am I helping or am I enabling? Uh, it may be, as Candace mentioned, that they they just need a little more t- uh, education or just a little more experience in an area. And so one of the beauties of being an, a, a parent of an adult child is we get to talk about things that we Uh, we can talk about them differently. When she was a child, I talked about money in one way. As an adult, we can talk about it from a different perspective because she's now an adult and she has uh, experience with money and bills and debt. So our conversations are are different now. But if I bail her out of her credit card debt 
and she goes and gets another credit card and I bail her out again, then I am enabling. I may be doing it from the perspective of I'm helping her eliminate debt so she could potentially buy a car, house, or or work towards some larger financial goal that maybe I know is important to her. Uh, but if I continue to do that, then there's a lesson that I am interrupting that she may not be learning or have the opportunity to learn because I have intervened. That is no longer helping. That's enabling behaviors that might be detrimental to her uh, long term. And I think as a parent, sometimes it's hard to know where those lines are, but I sometimes recommend and to myself and others just to step back and say, have I taught the lessons that need to be taught? Do I need to revisit it in some kind of way and maybe add something, a, a level of education that I wasn't able to do before? If so, go ahead and engage in those conversations. But um, to be very careful not to uh, intervene to the point that those natural consequences that may also teach lessons are interrupted and then my child then misses that opportunity to learn. So I think that's a fine line between helping and enabling, but the key for me is can she do this on her own? Should she be able to do it on her own? And then in what role will I help or um, watch or educate? And what role as a parent will I take in that situation? I do want to yeah. add on to what uh, Yvonne said um, because, as she said, enabling is keep bailing them out. And it's, as I was saying, it's never too late to have those discussions with them because sometimes they've not had to come across some things financially and may not know how to handle it. And you want to keep the door open for them to be able to come talk with you about that. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and that's, that is so true. I mean, and I understand it's, it's, it's difficult to, to watch your child um, struggle, mm-hmm. but um, it, when, when you guys were talking, um, I thought about when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, somewhere around in there, and I was really struggling. Um, I wasn't making that much money, and when I say not making that much money, I'm talking maybe 10 to $15, $16 an hour. Um, and so uh, even at one point I was making like $8 an hour. You know, so um, my I would come to my parents. I would go to my parents, you know, I, I'm I'm really struggling, so on and so forth. And then um, I think one day, and I can only say that that God revealed it to me, but, you know, it came to my mind, I cannot keep going to my parents for help because it only fixes the problem for right now. It's not fixing the problem for long term. So I have to learn how to manage my money better. And I had that conversation with my mom. I remember having that conversation with her and, you know, and letting her know I really appreciate, you know, you and Daddy uh, being there for me and helping me, but I have to learn how to do better with my money. And if I can't get something, I just can't get something. I, You know, I can't go around using credit cards and things like that. Um, 
And I think even at that point, I ended up getting a second job. So I I, I uh, had the ability to work and, you know, work two jobs so that I could try to make my ends meet. So I appreciate you guys uh, bringing that out and, and, and talking about this, uh, elaborating on this question. Um, I think we are at a break point. So what I'm going to do uh, is stop right here and turn it over to Brother Stevie. Uh, we'll have a five-minute break, and then um, we'll come back and finish up on this topic, parenting adult children. Thank you so much for your comments so far.
Hey sis, this is Genesis Archer and you're listening to A Talk With My Sister on What A Word From The Lord Radio Show. Peace and love. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Kelly Fletcher and you are listening to The Kelly Fletcher Show and our topic for this evening is Parenting Adult Children. And this discussion we're having with Yvonne Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald and uh, Candace Sheldon from Kingsley Parish Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, thank you both so much for the information you've shared so far. Um, one question that I had um, was about adult children making decisions or your children making decisions or doing things that directly conflict with your family's religious or moral values. Um, How do you handle that? Or do you just let them do what what they want to do? And Candice, I think uh, think we left off with Yvonne, so Candice, we'll start with you. Okay. I believe as Christian parents that, again, going back to spiritual wellness and having that discussion, again, keeping the door open for conversations to happen and discussing with our young people um, God's direction and what he would have in any of our lives. The decision will still be made up to them. I believe adult children have to make those decisions about the kinds of um, whether one uh, belonging to a spiritual um, element of attending a worship service of any kind. And if your guidance is that you prefer that they attend while they're still under your roof, um, I think that discussion needs to take place. The door needs to be open to have that discussion. Again, uh, you as a parent, whether you're single, if you're single, it's just your decision. Uh, Of course, if there's two of you in the home, you have to come to an agreement about what you're going to say to your young people about that transitioning. Um, Again, in sharing with them, I think the benefits of, it kind of falls in the category of, what I call rituals, routines of families. So if it is a family togetherness time that you can say the benefits of why that is important still and that spiritual wellness includes that, uh, attending a service. Also, if it is some other decisions they are making about relationships, uh, again, hopefully the door has been opened to start having already had that conversation with them, whether they decide to stay single or whether they want to be in a relationship, whether they're looking at marriage, whether they're looking at family planning, whatever it is, uh, to keep that door open for the conversation to happen. And again, knowing that the decisions they make will have consequences to them uh, for them then at that moment and also later in life. Um, You know, so I think... It's a part of the the family wellness to discuss with our young adults uh, all these things because it is, again, on the continuum of life, and these things will follow us all the way through our life. So 
I think it's important to have those decisions with them, uh, whether we agree with them or not, but to have the door open and have that discussion. I, okay, I totally. You. I I want to go no, back okay. to something uh, Candace mentioned earlier at the um, at the top of our conversation, and it was about um, uh, unconditional love and um, and and parenting uh, with the with unconditional unconditional love as the foundation. I think um, the loving relationship that we develop with our children when they're younger. With the open communication that uh, Candace talked about, um, it does set the stage to have some of the more difficult conversations that happen in adulthood. And I think the, the foundation of love that's there, and hope, hopefully we have been able to um, to communicate on some on a variety of topics, um, and spirituality being one of those topics. Uh, so that it is a part of the conversations and it has always been a part of the conversations. But that's not always the case. Uh, some people um, uh, grow into the conversations around spirituality uh, and other moral issues, and, and they become more impactful because our young adults are experiencing things and making decisions about spirituality and um, having their own moral conflicts about just life in general. And that's difficult to, to watch, especially if our children are, our young adults are um, making choices that are different than the way that we envision their lives to be, or it is in conflict with the, the family values or the religious morals that, you know, they have been, they have been um, introduced to or that the family is experiencing at the present time. Uh, so that open communication, in, you know, that is just grounded and founded in a loving, non-judgmental uh, perspective, I think it's so helpful to have some of these difficult conversations. Part of the developmental process as a, uh, for a young adult moving out of childhood into adulthood is to face the questions and have their own answers about all kinds of adult uh, topics, spirituality being one of them. And they may make choices or they may choose um, actions as they test and develop their own faith um, that might be necessary, again, for the development. Hard to watch because I really want my child to be like me and to agree mm -hmm. with the things that I've set forth for them because I thought it was the right way and I think it's the right way. Uh, and it's difficult to watch them make decisions that um, are contrary to the way that I thought their lives should go or the way that I want them to be. One of the things I try to remind myself is that the faith journey is an individual journey. And so mm -hmm. their faith walk is different than mine. And I, I remember times in my life where I came across, came up against uh, roadblocks and difficult decisions and made choices morally different than my mom and my dad or religiously different. And, uh, and I also remember the lessons that I learned from that and how I was able to see God in it. And I believe that God can work with all all situations, and even if my child is choosing something different right now, my my deep belief is that if they've been trained well in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that that part is there for them, and, and they'll typically come back to it. 
uh, scripturally, that's what it says. If I haven't had the opportunity or taken the opportunity to teach, then I think this is, as Candace mentioned uh, earlier, we come back to the drawing board and we start from a teaching perspective. Um, and, but the non-judgmental piece is, is so key because once a child or a young adult feels judged or condemned, then it closes the door for open communication. That open communication is more than just I'm sharing an idea and they're listening. Um, it is me also listening to them and listening for what they value and what is important to them and, and keeping that space open enough for them to share some of the difficult topics of um, that might be hard for me to hear. That means I have to get in a space where I'm open enough to hear it. And that, again, is hard, but that's a transition from uh, parenting a young child who was forced to listen to me to parenting an, parenting an adult who chooses to listen to me. I have to also choose to listen to to keep that space open. Um, but that's, that's just what I wanted to ask Yeah, that's and that's those are good points. Those are good points, especially um, when you just mentioned about young children who have to listen to you, and then as they get older, they choose we you know we choose to listen to our parents as young young adults. Um, and I think that the communication is really important. So I know that communication and keeping the door open can help uh, build a strong relationship with your with your children but how else can parents stay connected uh, to their children Candace sure I um, when my young people began to transition into uh, their say their teens, Prior to their young adult years, I did one-on-one dates with them. And I always let them choose what we were going to do. And Mm -hmm. it was such diversity about what they wanted to do. Uh, But most of the time they um, spent that time um, wanting to talk with me or just be with me, just by themselves. So it's important to still make space for them, even as they transition to their young adult years. They may just call and not say a whole lot, and it's kind of that intuition as a parent you get. It's like it's something going on with you. Uh, You don't come out and say it, but you begin to, um, it's kind of a balancing act. Uh, You don't want to fill in the spaces for them. You want them to be open with you enough and sometimes it's just being in your presence that they want to be Um, so spending time with them is still important and if they especially are the ones who reach out to do it hey mom uh, what are you doing I'd like to drop by Um, taking that time and allowing that to happen Um, they only may stay an hour or they may say hey I'm looking at going to a movie would you join me you know, mm-hmm. and if I don't really have anything planned, you'd be open and honest with them. And if it's not, and if I do have something planned and it's not real important, just creating that space and letting them be there with you in your presence mm-hmm. is still important. Amen. Well, 
okay, I got to add some more. <laughs> That's <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is such an exciting topic for me because yes. I do remember my teen years with my daughter's teen years, and we struggled so much to connect. Uh, I, I, if you talk to her today, it, she would tell you there was a period of time that she did not like me. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. uh, we mm-hmm. are at a place in our lives right now where we've grown through that. And uh, we, 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 we are bonding in a, different, in, a, in a very, very different way now than we were able to in her teen years. And I, if I had to be honest, there were parts of her teen years where I didn't like her either. Uh, so the feeling was <laughs> mutual. The struggle was real. And uh, we, we, we suffered through that. But after she got away and, you know, had some experiences, we've been able to to connect and bond, and so it has become more and more important to me to give her the space just to be herself. And I know Candace has mentioned uh, how important that is just to let them be themselves. So I became a student of her. Um, I, I I asked her advice for things, um, things that I'm I'm my adult life. I mean, I, I'm I'm dealing with adult issues too. So she's an adult. I'm an adult. We have adult conversations and. And so it becomes a two-way street where we are sharing um, in our life experiences. And so it's not just her coming to me for advice. I go to her for advice. That's another way to bond with with an adult child. Um, The other thing I was thinking about is um, creating new traditions. So uh, in our Uh teen, in her teen years, our family went through, you know, some uh, trauma through uh, separation and divorce, and and I didn't realize how impactful that was on her until she became an adult and was able to, uh, in our open space of talking, share what that experience was like for her. So we lost a lot of mm. traditions uh, in our family because our family became uh, was restructured, and mm-hmm. because of my trauma, her trauma, we were all in this space of, you know, taking care of ourselves, but not really able to take care of each other. And as much as I was trying to take care of her and be a good parent, I didn't realize the the places in which I struggled to do that or where I may have missed the mark. Uh, So in our adult life now, we have began to create some new traditions that are hers and mine and uh, in our new family structure, which has been phenomenal for us. But even beyond that is just recognizing where I made mistakes and being and being honest about that and owning it. Uh, and that just opened so many doors um, for our conversation about what life was like for her in, in those years, what life is like for her now. And we've been able to bond in a different way. So um, recognizing where, as a parent, I made a mistake, owning that and asking for forgiveness. I'm really sorry. I didn't know that. I missed that. I, I thought I was attending to your needs, but I, I didn't even see it. I was caught in my, up in my own world, and I missed it. I apologize. I'm sorry. But I, I'd like to try this a different way. I, I'd like to give more attention to this particular thing or even just to you and just allowing space for that as well. Those are other ways that I – I've been able to bond with my adult child, and I think it, I've seen it happen and work well in other families as well. Not all of these will work for everyone, but these are just some other ideas for uh, connecting with your adult um, child and and growing through some of the struggles that you may have experienced as a family. 
And I want to piggyback on what Yvonne just said about that. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is so important to come back and say, I'm sorry to your children as, as their parent. We're not perfect as parents. Mm-hmm. And I think in saying that to children, like she said, it opens up the doors. Uh, like I said, I raised three and um, during, I went through a divorce also and my youngest, uh, she was able to finally talk to me about some things and ask some questions where um, mm-hmm. I already thought she understood some things. So it is so important mm-hmm. to come back and say, I'm sorry. Um, I, discipline was also a thing in my family um, that I had to come back and say I was sorry about because um, mm-hmm. I uh, am a person about anti-domestic violence and then learning that some of the discipline was harsh and mm-hmm. not repeating that, making that generational um, again, ap- apologizing to your children mm-hmm. and saying, I'm sorry, and asking for forgiveness does open the doors. Um, and one other thing I wanted to say, um, recognizing your children's limitations um, mm-hmm. is important as their parent, too. And I'm going to mention this in this way. It, yeah. it helps them transition into their self-care. So if mm-hmm. your child has a physical limitation, not ignoring that, but managing it and helping them understand why it's necessary for them to manage it because it can have long-term effects on them. So I'm speaking of children with diabetes, if your child has hypertension, um, mm-hmm. also if, they're, uh, if there's mental illness, if you see that kind of thing, you can't ignore mm-hmm. that or should not ignore it as a parent. Uh, I think the pandemic pulled off the covers of a lot of people suffering from different mm-hmm. mental illnesses that have never been addressed. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a history of going th- through that with one of my young adult uh, children who have, they never um, come out of the struggle, but being able to get help for it and being able to mm-hmm. transition into being a self-sufficient adult. Um, mm-hmm. If your family history has uh, addictions, patterns, habits, it's so necessary to bring those hard subjects up if there's been abuse mm-hmm. in the family, to bring those kinds of things up because if Uncle Joe mm-hmm. or Aunt Mary is not quite right in the sense of that's part of their habit, you do mm-hmm. have to talk about those things so your child is not mm-hmm. um, ignorant to what has been happening mm-hmm. in the family because, again, mm-hmm. those are patterns that are woven into a family that are never addressed. And mm-hmm. your adult children will say, or they disappear because they're like, I'm not going to stay around that unhealthy family. They, mm-hmm. they feel that pressure, and they know that it exists, but nobody will talk about it. So it is necessary to address those things so that your young people can transition and be self-sufficient so they can be the healthiest that they can be. All right. So thank you, uh, Yvonne, for um, talking about that because uh, with each mm-hmm. of my children, um, they went through different processes. I was aware mm-hmm. of some things, other things I wasn't aware of. And as, she, as she said, uh, and as I said earlier, our children educate us because they do mm-hmm. open doors that maybe we've become blind to or we're just not willing to discuss at the time because we're not aware of them ourselves. And uh, I've learned a lot from my, from my young people, and 
it has been a new spaces that have been created because I've taken on some other entities in my older adult age and because of that I've listened to their input and I've appreciated it mm-hmm. has allowed us to have some common ground to work on some things. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well I know that uh no go right ahead, Yvonne. The only thing I want to say, because I am I see the time, um, self-sufficiency looks different for every child. And as Candace is, um, is talking about, having three children, and the, they operate differently, they perform differently, they function differently. So self-sufficiency looks different for every child. And so they're um, just understanding the uniqueness of your young adult um, and, then, and, and then speaking to and nurturing the strengths that they already have in them um, and helping them develop in the best way each one as an individual can, can be. I think that um, is one of the beauties of being an adult, <laughs> uh, having a, an adult child where you, you have this opportunity to do that. But self-sufficiency will look different for everyone. Um, and so using that, their uniqueness is what we want to nurture and help flourish. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you both so much. I, I appreciate it. I know we're we're at the end of the hour, um, mm-hmm. but the information, uh, like I said before, it, it's really good information. And prayerfully, our listeners um, have found tonight's discussion helpful and can use this information when they are interacting with their children and their young adult children. Uh, So I truly appreciate you guys being here tonight, or you ladies, I should say, being here tonight. Um, I'm always thankful to God uh, for allowing this platform so that others can share their knowledge and their experiences with us. Uh, Should you have any questions for our guest tonight, Yvonne Fitzgerald or Candace Sheldon, please feel free to message me on Facebook or send an email to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, and we'll be sure to get this information uh, over to our guests. Uh, I also want to make sure that I thank uh, Brother Stevie for allowing me to be a co-host on his show. Uh, So without further ado, I will turn this back over to Brother Stevie. Thank you, guys, and have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you. This is Terry Jackson, and you're listening to a talk with my sisters on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Lord, I want to be a Oh,
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.